0: Hello and welcome back to the fourth episode of the ER MBA show. We're excited to be here. We've talked about the Nets, the Mavs, and the Bulls. And now with some requests and after many discussions, we've decided to dive deep into the Phoenix Suns this episode. I'm here as always with Ezra. How are you doing, Ezra?
1: I'm doing well. Um, got up early this morning, excited to do research on the Suns, learn about another team that I don't don't know much about. Living on the East Coast, I don't watch many of Sun's games uh, and I don't really know much about them. So I was excited to uh, learn about them and then I'm also excited to break them down with you today.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think even from the central time zone in Dallas, growing up as a kid, when these west coast games are on at 10 30 going on 11:30 later and later i'm always in bed mm-hmm. even just trying to listen to the mavs games on the radio for me was was a fight with my parents so definitely understand that and it's fun we're we're diving into our fourth nba team and i'm excited so phoenix finished 34 and 39 finished 8 0 in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs i think A lot of people were wondering beforehand, why is Phoenix even in the bubble? Are they just here so the NBA can have Zion in the bubble? Is that what's going on here? But it was interesting. I think everyone enjoyed watching them, everyone enjoyed watching Booker. I think we had one of the most iconic shots of the NBA season when Booker hits that shot over Paul George and then just lays on the ground. Uh So that was really great. They have Booker, they have Aiton. Aiton was suspended for a while. They have one of my favorite players in the NBA, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, James Jones, GM, Monty Williams, head coach, just a lot of names. One of the youngest teams in the NBA. I know we've talked a lot about young cores, but anything overall that you want to talk about with this past season?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is second straight week we're talking about a young team. Last week, I opened by saying the Bulls had a young, exciting core and that, we fleshed that out. It didn't really work. But this week, I think we talk, we're we talking about a team that does have an exciting young core. Booker was electric this season, has been for the last couple of years, but he's really been turning it on. Um, and I really didn't know much about DeAndre in and the 30 or so, 35 games he played. I was really impressed uh, with how he performed. I think he has a lot of potential. So after this, after the bubble, I mean, people. I think a lot of people or they caught a lot of people's attention uh, after the performance in the bubble. I don't know how that's going to carry over next year, especially uh, because it was in a bubble. I don't know how it's going to translate, but they definitely are exciting and had a great end to the season.
0: Right. And also of note is that they didn't have Kelly Oubre or Aaron Baines in the bubble. And although those aren't the biggest pieces ever, there's still definitely some experience, some tough nosed guys. And it was crazy that. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson performed in the manner that they did. Mm. And even Cameron Payne, coming off the the G league, no contract at all, sort of in a similar role to Trey Burke with the Mavs, but different was really great. Um, I think Mikhail Bridges turned into a fan favorite. And I think if we were to say who their best player was, I don't know that there's a question of who it is. Mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about who you think it is. I might I'm going to take it a different direction, I think. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I think it, their best players was Devin Booker. Um, I don't, I don't know where you're gonna go with it, but he had 26 points. He averaged 26 points, six rebounds, four assists this year. Uh, 54% shooting. Now 48% shooting from the the field. I thought he was a little better uh, from the three point line as a strict shooter. He was just a shooter in college. Um, I thought he which. I mean, 35% is not bad, but I think he—I th- would have thought he was a little better from the three-point line, and I think he does have room to improve there. I think if he gets his percentage up a couple of points, he, he'll be averaging 30 a game in the next couple of years, and I think he'll be one of the best players in the league. Um, but I do think that he was their best player this year. What do you think?
0: I think he's 100% their best player, 100% their most talented player, their best scorer, and lucky for every Kentucky mm. prospect to come into the NBA seeing Booker and Jamal Murray perform the way they did in the bubble is really going to raise all their stocks. So shout out Tyrese Maxey. But what I was going to say is that what we learned this year is how Phoenix needs to play going forward to get the most out of Aiton and Booker. And the way that we learned that was through Ricky Rubio. Mm -hmm. I think Ricky Rubio was their most valuable in terms of figuring out what direction they need to take this team going forward and what sort of that next piece that they get should be. Ricky Rubio's making over 17, around 17 million per year. But I think Booker was so much better when he didn't need to have the ball all the time, lower his usage rate a little bit, let him, instead of attacking pick and roll as a ball handler, sort of just run around off some screens mm-hmm. and that way to get the switches. Moving him off ball more helped a lot because I think his best skill is his scoring ability Mm -hmm. so having someone else who can set up the offense find Aiton down low find Aiton in the post in his spots knows the game with that young core I think Rubio this is the direction I wanted to take and I think Rubio was actually so instrumental in showing the coaching staff the front office and the team that this could be a formula moving forward Mm -hmm. so like getting obviously they're I'm not saying they should get Chris Paul but a player who can run an offense mm-hmm. like an older, like when the Mavs signed Jason Kidd and they had him at 38 in the 2011 finals was not their best player. was probably not their second best player, mm-hmm. maybe not even their third best player, but he was so instrumental in that finals run. I think I got in a fight with someone on Twitter about that this week, <laughs> but anyways, that's beside the point. That's who I think was so, so, so key. I don't know. Do you, what do you think? Of yeah. That take
1: no, I definitely agree. If we were, talking about most valuable player, I think we could definitely have an argument about whether it was Booker or Rubio. Like you said, having Booker off the ball, I think it just allows him to be a true shooting guard, and I think that's his real position. You could score in the NBA, you could score 30 a game as a shooting guard. Um, We've seen it plenty of times, and I think that's really their formula for success. Rubio averaged almost 14 points, nine assists this year, so he definitely was successful in that role, and I think he's crucial for their success.
0: Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on – we talked about best, moving on to worst. I don't really have a worst
1: player. I was looking at all the different players. I think a um, couple of guys didn't overperform, didn't underperform. Guys like Frank Kaminsky, um, Baines was average. Sarge, I think, people had higher expectations of him the past couple of years, but he, he's really been around his career averages of like 11 points, like seven rebounds. So he's – they don't really have any bad players – um, and we'll talk about contracts later, but all the guys are performing to what they're being paid. So, like, if you're there, I, that's my opinion at least. I, I think that if they're like com- guys like Kaminsky and Sarch, I mean, maybe Sarch's getting paid a little bit too much, but I don't think anybody's overly performed overly poorly this
2: year.
0: Yeah, I overly agree. Poorly. I don't think you can say that their tenth guy on the bench being their worst player is a bad thing. Like that happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I wanted to bring up Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky is because on August 2nd of 2020 I tweeted feel bad for the Suns they're basically playing four on five Frank Kaminsky might as well be replaced with a cone out there and I <laughs> on think offense you're talking about? on defense defense when the Mavs played him they just would put him in pick and roll and it would basically be like a waste of a person on defense because he couldn't stay in front of everyone and my favorite story about Kaminsky is as a senior in high school as a junior in high school he was 6'3 he grew eight inches to be 7'1 by his senior year and couldn't play his entire senior year he was being recruited as a guard that's crazy and then he became a center so he's just like a little flat-footed and who who cares if he's your worst player? He's yeah. he's fine. He's not winning or losing anyone championships. Like It is what it is. You would never think that anyone's running an offense in the finals through Frank Kaminsky, but then again, the Heat are so dinged up right now that they're running offense through Kelly O'Linick. so it's 2020. Who never knows know. what will happen? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, let's move on. Most promising player. Any, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, like I said before, I didn't get, really get to watch the Suns much uh, living on the East Coast and abroad this past year. But I think Aiden, uh really showed some flashes that he could be electric moving forward. Uh, he didn't really play that many games. Like we said, 35 games, pretty sure. Average 18 and 11, uh, which is really impressive. Shot 54%. I think that's pretty average for a big man shooting close to the basket, maybe a little bad. 75% from the free throw line, really very solid for a big guy. Also, I think he's so athletic and mobile. Uh, he could be a really, really good player moving forward, especially he could stay healthy.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be minimum like 14 and 10. Mm-hmm. That's like low. And yeah. I think he's great. I think Booker, is he even 25 yet? 24, Booker's, 23, 22? Booker's 22. about to be
1: 24 in like next month so, month.
0: So I think it's fair to say that Aiton and Booker are still promising. Um, I think – Bridges, Mikael Bridges, people were talking about him as one of the best defenders in the bubble. I think he
1: is, honestly. Um,
0: Cam Johnson ended up shooting 39% from three. Mm -hmm. And when he got taken 10th overall, everyone was making fun of the Suns. They were interviewing Kobe White right after the draft. Do you remember that video? He was like, what? 10th? Are you serious? And he turned out to be amazing and shows three and D guys, three point shooters. They have a place in this league. And I think maybe not promising, but maybe one of the more underrated players and people that you don't realize. And he is one of my favorite players in the NBA was, and he might get traded. He might not be on the Suns, anyways, but Kelly Oubre averaged 19 points this year, Mm -hmm. seven rebounds. And then he got hurt and didn't play. I think he's one of those like tough nosed guys, like, i would want on the maps to get in there and take a technical away from kp Mm -hmm. so i think he's so underrated i love him there's no question probably the most exciting moment they had was the iconic booker Booker shot shot. we talked about it was probably their best moment of the last 10 years
1: (laughs) i agree i don't i can't think of anything else i mean besides the booker 70 that was one of them past years i was elite but uh, otherwise, seventy in an L, or buzzer yeah.
0: beater over Paul George, yeah, in a dub, and it was a buzzer beater over playoff P. So <laughs>
1: hopefully, the Suns have more exciting times <laughs> moving forward.
0: Yeah, so I think that kind of sums up their season. It's just it's tough being in the Western Conference. It's tough having so many young guys. Mm. Um, it seems like it's moving forward, moving up, upward trajectory. But who knows? So looking forward to the off season. Anything that stood out to you?
1: Um, I think they need some veteran presence, most of all, on their team. They have Ricky Rubio. Um, they have their young core together for a while. Booker signed his max extension. Um, he's going to be here for four more years. be in Phoenix for four more years after this year. Uh, Aiden for three more years. Rubio for two more years on really good value. And we, like we said, Cam Johnson performed really well. So I think they have a really good young core that they're going to keep together for a while. Kelly Oubre, if they don't trade him also. Um, I think... They, they're in a really good position right now. I think adding some veteran depth, um, some guys that can lead them in the right direction and contribute maybe would be really important.
0: Yeah, so I think they have so many different directions they can go because Baines has bird rights, but his contract is up. Mm-hmm. And then Sarich is a restricted free agent. So technically they can match his contract for whatever and it doesn't impact the cap. But if it's too high... I don't see the reason to be giving people a lot of money because Aiden still on his rookie deal. You're going to be giving him close to the max, if not the max, most likely, mm. just the way the market's going. But they also could end up having around, like not for a max deal, but right underneath like an $18 million contract because Frank Kaminsky and Cech Diallo are both on team options. That would free up close to $7 million, uh-huh. plus just letting Saric go would be... That could be interesting. I don't think they should throw their money at someone because there's not really a free agent right now that's gonna make them incrementally better. I think it makes more sense to sign maybe a usable player and then just get some veterans more so Mm, definitely. But their contract situation is good. Half their team's on rookie deals still. Yeah,
1: exactly. They have their own core together. And I don't like you said, they they have some like a bunch of ways to go. I think they'll probably bring back one of beans or Saric, um but they they're in a good spot right now
0: right and i think when you just look at their breakdown of contracts you might think Ubre's making a lot of money mm-hmm. i think it's around 15 mil right now but if he were to be on the open market i think he would get somewhere between 15 to 18 probably anyways mm-hmm. from any random team similar to like a joe harris contract or like a jeremy grant contract like someone's going to drive up the price for a player like that so having him at 15 million is probably around if not below his market price so i think that's fine value
1: yeah you mentioned joe harris we saw yesterday i sent you that uh that report that the Suns might go after joe harris i mentioned we talked about it in the nets podcast but i really think the the nets are going to pay him whatever he wants uh to stay and maybe he might even take pay cuts stay with the nets but guy like joe harris would be is what i expect the Suns to be going after
0: I, honestly, I kind of disagree. Only because I want them to keep playing Bridges and Cam Johnson. Mm-hmm. And if they pay someone a lot of money, that's basically the same position. Someone's losing minutes. And do you think that it might make them better? But do you think it makes them incrementally better that it's worth that much money? No,
1: I agree. I agree. I just think even I think both McCall Bridges and Cam Johnson should be getting minutes. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about starting fives later. I th- but even if they, I don't really think they have guys on the bench that could contribute that much. They don't. So yeah. I think they need to sign guys that can contribute, whether it's a Joe Harris that starts or someone, I can't think of some someone that could contribute that they don't even need to pay that
0: much would um, yeah. be important for them. Definitely. And one way that they might be looking to add some talent is through the draft. They have the 10th overall pick. I saw... A rumor I don't remember who tweeted it so it might be completely fake but <laughs> beside the point it's still interesting to talk about I saw they might consider trading the 10th pick and Kelly Oubre to the Warriors for the second pick uh-huh. or trading up to around four or some, just moving up from 10th with Kelly Oubre um, I don't know what your thoughts are there or who you think they should go after but I have a few ideas. I'll, I'll yeah. let you go first.
1: So I think that was in the athletic mock draft um, where I don't know who the writer was, but they had um, Ubre and the 10th pick being traded to the Warriors for the second pick. I don't know where they're trying to go with this. In the mock draft, they had them taking Tyrese Halliburton with the second pick, which is just – they could get way, him at 10. They, they literally could get him at 10, so I have no idea why they would ever do that. Also, just in general in this draft, when you're you mo- you don't really know what you're getting when you move up. So, like, if you're giving away one of your core guys, Kelly Ubrace, contributed a ton for them over the past couple years. So, I don't really know who they're expecting to get. Maybe if they trade up to two, they expect. Maybe they think or know Minnesota's going to take LaMelo Ball and they want Anthony Edwards. Um, but, like, otherwise, I don't really know what – what you why you're moving up or what you could do there. If they stay at 10, I think they're they're going to look to get an athletic guard or forward um, that could play some D. They were 17th in defensive rating this year. So they were fine, but I think they could definitely improve in that area. Um, two guys that I was looking at were um, Dem Vassell from FSU and I, Isaac Okoro. I don't know if either of them – there's some, been some ambiguity about where these guys are going to go, but if either of them dropped to 10, I could see the Suns taking one of them.
0: So I, don't, I think Okoro will be gone by 10. Vassal, Vassell, however you pronounce it, is up in the air, I guess. Just depends. But mm-hmm. I think he might be gone too. I was thinking about the trade-up in a different direction, and I was thinking about Vassell and Okoro as well, but that was sort of, if he's there at 10, you take him. But mm-hmm. my thoughts were, if you're moving up a few spots, to you're doing it to get... Killian Hayes Mm -hmm. and if not and the other two guys you talked about are gone I think at 10 you strongly consider Halliburton also and here's the reason why so Killian Hayes I think is a point guard that can run an offense a little bit Mm -hmm. and he's overseas and he's going to be young so he we're not asking him to contribute right now but he's going to learn from Ricky (coughs) Rubio what it's like to come from Europe to the NBA learn how to see the floor and make passes from one of the better floor generals and better guys with that vision in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And that could be sort of in three years from now, a guy that's their starting point guard, I think. And then if not, I think Halliburton also with his length could potentially turn into a decent defender and his shooting is really underrated as well. And I think he could be a nice guy to be that, floor General, Combo Garden away next to Booker as well down the road and learn from Rubio. I'm not saying that they'll both hit their ceilings or hit that potential, but I think that could be an interesting way to take this draft.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was just curious about like you those are two guys that have the ball in their hands a lot. You have Rubio and Booker that are going to be there for the next couple of years. Do you think that and you you mentioned it's for like development reasons using them further down the road? Do you think – I feel like they're trying to build their team for, like, the next five years. So I think that if they add – my position is that they add a 3 and D guy that could really contribute, like a Vassell or Coro, if they're there. Um, Not really sure who else would go around 10, but if they add a guy that can contribute on the wing, I think that would be more beneficial. But Killian Hayes, I think – is he comparable to D'Angelo Russell or is that just because he's lefty? I
0: think it's because he's very left-handed dominant and he's a scorer. But I think – point guard like he's he's a point one of the better point guards in this draft mm-hmm. and the, I don't know that Okoro is such a good fit for the Suns because his he can't really do anything offensively yeah. and with Booker and Aiden you don't want them to be able to clog the lane on D so mm-hmm. I don't know that that's I just think that they already have guys they've invested in. And if they're not trading, they're going to have Ubre, Bridges, Cam Johnson, that's three players that all can't play at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you really want to develop another one. I just think that we talked about them not having depth. And I think I don't know, I'm just all in on a ball handler next to Booker. And I, I don't know that I want to take someone that can't shoot on this team. Not only yeah. only concern, but we'll see what happens on draft night. All these guys could be gone before them, they could all be available. We really have no idea. Mm. Um, free agents. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah. Like we said, someone that could contribute. Um, not really sure where they're going to go with this. Do you have any idea? I I was looking at the free agents for. I don't really know who they'd sign or would pay money.
0: What yeah. were your thoughts? So my thoughts were, like everyone else in the entire NBA, Jeremy Grant is attractive. Mm. If I don't know that they're gonna have the money for him. If they do, it could be interesting. Um, if they let Dario Saric go, maybe they fill that void with like Davi Spertauns, mm-hmm. just a floor spacer. He's he probably. Could,
1: you don't think? I feel like the Wizards are gonna want to sign him again. They
0: might, but who knows if they how much money they're gonna be willing to offer him. I'm saying if they're available. Mm-hmm. But in general, I don't really think they should get either of those guys could be interesting to see what happens with Christian Wood in general. I think he's going back to Detroit, but it's very interesting. Yeah. That Tyler Johnson contract is crazy, but I don't think you can talk about that in a second. But I think what they should do is let's see what Aiton and Booker can do. Maybe sign guys like DJ Augustine, Sergi Baca, Derek Favors, just older guys. You can get on like a one to two year deal who can play on the bench, who can contribute. You're not having questions about them. You know what they're going to give you. Don't really take that much money up. But I think something that if they are desperate, I don't think they should do this, but I think they have the assets and could potentially get into the Oladipo sweepstakes. I don't even know if we should call it a sweepstakes. I don't think he's that great. I don't think they should do it, but that could be an interesting type deal that they're rumored to be involved with yeah that would be make them incrementally better
1: mm-hmm. yeah I agree those guys um you mentioned Dallas Bertans um Oladipo maybe I think Ibaka is going to want to stay with the contender for the next couple of years uh but guy, I could definitely see them sign guys like that i sorry we I interrupted well no while he was talking I saw that the Suns were paying Tyler Johnson 19 million this year which is just insane obviously on the Nets um, or was on the Nets for the last couple. They cut games him. In the bubble. They
0: just released him while he yeah. They were paying him nineteen it's million.
1: It's pretty insane. I didn't even realize that. So that's definitely a, they're going to be happy that that contract's gone. But moving back to the topic, um, having guys that contribute, especially while your younger guys are developing, is definitely a, of importance. And could see them signing any of those guys that you mentioned.
0: So if they do anything or they don't do anything, what do you think their starting five will be, should be, could be?
1: Yeah, so I think their starting five is going to be similar to what it was last year. I don't know that they're going to make many changes, but it'll be Rubio, Booker, Kelly Oubre, if they don't trade him, obviously, Aiton, and then another that four guy I think is the the question mark. I think Baines could start there and they could go big. McCall Bridges is only 6'6", but is a really good defender um Kaminsky maybe he didn't really start that many games this year but they had the that four spot rotating around um who do you think they could play there uh, that was just my projected starting five for
2: next year
0: yeah so I think they're probably gonna try to re-sign Baines because or someone sorry someone to fill that role that's why I said Bertons, Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant whatever because Aiton wasn't the greatest defender mm-hmm. he Gambles a lot or falls asleep on D and gets himself in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Or he's just slower than a lot of guards when they switch out onto him. I think there's something around, along the lines of Rubio, Booker, Bridges, Ubre and Aiden is like one of their better lineups. Mm-hmm. Ubre's not doesn't have the frame that you would want. So it's probably gonna be Rubio Booker. I can't decide between Cam Johnson, Bridges, or Ubre. I just love all of them. Yeah. And then an Aiden or Aaron Baines. I think the best, best version of this is something that we've talked about with every team. Maybe I can't believe I'm gonna do this again. Sorry to everyone, but <laughs> Rubio, Booker, Ubre, Jeremy Grant, and Aiden. He fits on every single team in the NBA, and it's not that he's a star. It's not that he makes them championship contenders. It's just the mold of what you want. So maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they need to take like a Patrick Williams or a bigger type guy in the draft that could help them out there. I need to look at the free agent list again. Is this a team that's going to be signing a 37-year-old Paul Millsap? Maybe. I Maybe for knows. a year or two.
1: Yeah, I think that dream starting five is, I mean, we have said it probably for every team, but Jeremy Grant fits there. Um, I could see them paying him honestly. He's a good fit for their future. If he got like a four-year deal, uh, I could definitely see him sliding to Phoenix, and they could he could really help in the future. Um, moving forward, my expectation for next season, I I think the best case scenario is that they're they are the eight seed and they just figure out a way to make the playoffs. I think it'll be really really tough with the Warriors coming back. Um I don't I think that's like dream scenario making the playoffs next year. Um worst case, I could see them dropping and just having a really bad year. Um they were 26 and 39 before their bubble and they went 8 and 0. So, I could definitely see them regressing to the mean and really just like not having a good year next year.
0: Yeah, I just need to say something really quick that Social media is crazy. I open my phone and the first thing that pops up is a video of Killian Hayes on my Twitter. So, <laughs> but, anyways, back to the irregular scheduled programming here. I think that there's an extremely, extremely, extremely low chance that they make the playoffs. Yeah. And I just have best cases eight seed because I, I don't think that it's fair to say that anyone's best case expectations is.
1: No, I'm not making the, playoffs. Making the playoffs.
0: That's just so upsetting. But the West is impossible and it's only getting harder. Remember that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson still exist. Yep. The Trailblazers will have their full team healthy, hopefully for most of the year. Suns fans might be screaming, well, maybe we'll have um Aiden for the whole year this year. So aren't we better? Mm-hmm. Yes, but you're still not as good. I think we still have. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Mavs, Rockets. Maybe the Thunder drop out, but then we still have Blazers, Warriors,
1: Spurs, maybe.
0: The Grizzlies yeah, were yeah. even right there the whole year, and then they had so many injuries. Mm-hmm. So don't sleep on them as well. So I think the worst case scenario is they're a little worse than they were this year, and they're in the top 10, like not the 10th seed. I think realistically they're between ninth and 11th in the West, honestly about the same as they are now. And other than that, I think that we should just talk about where they rank compared to other teams. In the yeah.
1: NBA. I think, I mean, they're in that nine to 12 spot in the West, in my opinion, um, probably around the seven or eight seed in the East. Um, I'd say they're top seventeen roster in the league. Um, like I said, comparable to that those bottom two seeds in the East. The West is really tough, like we've talked about uh, the past couple of weeks. So they're, they're they're young, they're improving, but they're it's gonna be a, a struggle. If you have high expectations for them next year, I think it might be um, upsetting moving forward.
0: I agree. I think I had them between sixteen and 20th mm-hmm. in terms of roster ranking with the potential to be better, but they're not there yet. They have some pieces and they could continue to advance, but the reason why they're not above 16 is because there would be a cusp playoff team in the West and maybe seven or eight in the East, so they can't be above those top 16 playoff teams. But for the next five to 10 years, I don't know. Maybe we should honestly scrap this question going forward because what do we know about 10 years from yeah. now?
1: But 10 years ago, they were a title contender.
0: So. Yeah, exactly. What were you we supposed to say? And I guess it was with your boy, Stevie Nash, yeah. but, and our, our boy, Amari Stoudemire, Maccabi mm-hmm. Tel Aviv, shout out. But I think it's just so tough the next five years. The West is so stacked. Mm-hmm. And as long as LeBron's around, it's going to be tough. I agree. As long as LeBron's around, Luka's around, AD's around, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a bright future. We could say in 8 years from now, they could I would not be surprised if they're
2: uh, top 3 seed in the west. Top
0: 5 team in the west. That yeah. means that Booker is Elite. top 10 player in the league. Yeah, I can Right now say that. he's maybe a top 10 scorer in the league if someone wants to make that argument. Mm-hmm. We can have that conversation at another time, but he's not a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. I Don't want to hear that argument. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this takes us to our final question. I love this question. Mm -hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, oh my God, this is my dream job. And oh no, there is no way I could fix this team. Where would you rank being the GM of the Suns franchise?
1: I'd say it's a six. James Jones, the GM. I think that's just like, I mean, I don't know much about him, but I think that's just straight Lebron love. He won championships with Lebron, and made a name out of himself. I win with Lebron, so I don't really know. I mean, Steve Kerr was the GM, pretty sure before. Um, they have had a lot of former players as GMs, and it's not really worked out over the past ten years. So I think they do have a young core, uh, which is really exciting and some space to work with. But I think there's a lot of pressure there to succeed, especially with guys they're new draft or their new players that they got in the draft, whether it be Booker or Aiton um, pressure to perform in this year's draft, the top 10 pick. Um, so I don't know that I would be, I mean, I'm giving it above five, so I'd be happy with the position, but I think there is some pressure there to excel when there's, when it might not be possible.
0: I would give it a seven. And I do want to say, I think James Jones gets a little bit of unfair criticism I don't know what he's really supposed to do. They have the players and they just need them to perform and then try to get another star, I guess. But I tend to not really love Bleacher Report, but I did some research and found that Bleacher Report, when the season shut down, graded the general managers based on their recent moves, and James Jones was the third lowest at a C- Mm minus, only below the Knicks and the Kings. I'm only above the Knicks and the Kings, but I think there's definitely some teams that have done a little bit worse than than james jones i think he made some bold moves and before the bubble we didn't really see them pay off but cameron johnson was not a bad pick yeah not at all i thought it was a bad pick i think a lot of people thought it was a bad pick but he's been good and he fits perfectly into the mold of the nba i think well the youngest team in the nba with booker ayton and my favorite non-mav kelly Oubre, i would love it seven just because I don't want to go higher than that. I think I own, I don't know. I have to save my higher votes since we're only on team four (laughs) just to make sure. Other than that, I think that's all I got. Hopefully Steve Nash can get a championship with your Nets since he never got one with the Suns. Hopefully the city of Phoenix will stick around even with their questionable ownership. And other than that, I'm looking forward to next week. We'll have to discuss what team we want to talk about, but that will be a conversation for a later time. Anything else you want to say in closing?
1: No, I had a good time talking about the Suns today. i um, excited to watch them next year also.
0: Awesome. See you guys next week.